right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the No Leg Up podcast. Uh, Solly here, exhausted on on many many fronts. Neil, I, I need a pep. I need a little pep from you tonight, Neil. I, I need I need you to bring me bring me up a little bit. Bang a lang. Happy holidays, Solly. It's good to be back, baby. I thought we were we were uh, we were gonna keep it between the mayo and the mustard coming into Christmas. Finish the year quietly. Oh no, big week in golf. Happy to be here to help break it down. Uh, this, yeah, this is supposed to be a little, little bit of the, the down, the quiet time of year, the downside time of year today did not feel like this whole week did not feel like, uh, any kind of, uh, downside here. TC is here. Uh, we had a lot, a lot to talk about tonight. TC, are you fired up? I am. I am. When was the last time we were on? Like for like a recap, we just missed one week. We didn't do one okay. over, over Thanksgiving. So, so we got two weeks of stuff. You know, we got got. Like, there's so much to talk about. I'm chomping at the bit. I'd say number one on the list is the the Scotty uh, Scotty Scheffler was playing a Pro V1 golf ball. We got to give a shout out to our friends at Titleist. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, we partook with some uh, in some content with them. They invited us out to a video shoot uh, with Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth. They did, uh, uh, you know, spend some time with them, learning like what model of golf ball they're playing and why, what fits them, how they figure out their flight, their spin, their feel. Obviously, we talked about it with Spieth as well, um, and how how he gets. It fit in his Pro V1X. Scotty Scheffler plays the Pro V1. Uh, use it, of course, to win the Hero World Challenge this past week. You can check it out on the Titleist YouTube channel uh, as well. After we filmed the video, we had a teeny tiny bit of time. We snuck in a chipping contest. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, uh, and me uh, with no handicapping of that at all. I'm not really sure what the what the contest was supposed to establish there. But uh, I mean, I'm going to spoil this result. I did not win the chipping contest, but they're posting that video uh, to their YouTube channel tonight. Uh, you can learn a thing or two about that. One one thing to take away: uh, listen to how they talk about chipping, and don't listen to how I talk about chipping because I listened back to it and it was kind of terrifying uh and not hard to see the differences in it both but, those guys chipped um, their little hearts out today spieth he had some some magic around the green saving par little hearts uh and and scotty gets so steep man he gets so steep on the ball with that i guess out to in or you know he almost cuts the ball when he chips it it's pretty pretty fun to watch all right, we got a lot to talk about. Brom to live? Question mark. We have a, a mule uprising. We have, uh, I mean, a ton of other shit on the mule front and PGA Tour front. We have some distance-related announcements coming this week. We're just going to touch on that. We'll get there. Uh, we're not going to go deep into it tonight. Uh, we're going to give the the governing bodies a chance to announce it. Uh, TC's favorite tournament, the Hero. Uh, TC, the, TC's least favorite tournament, the Australian Open. Some questions, some various stuff. There's a lot to get to tonight, but I think we got to start with what was undoubtedly the biggest story of the week, which is I'm going to throw it to you, you first, Neil, because you're the you're the least versed in all this. And our talk right before we started recording had me intrigued of your interest level in this of John Rom potentially, maybe, probably going to live this week. Confused. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I would say I'm pretty well versed, and I've been following the. Uh the internet and I just, just clear a couple things up. He, so he, John Rom has not said a word. He has not said a word to, I believe anyone uh, publicly or privately uh, about any of this. People are trying to get in contact with him and have uh, been unable to reach and his him. team. They haven't said a word. Have not. There was something that came out of Dubai last week that said they kind of shot it down, but there weren't really any actual quotes attributed to it in there. That is the only like shutdown or comment I've seen on this in any way. 
So we're relying on some some kind of deep state Chris Broussard esque sources are are doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Correct. But it feels like the lack of him saying something speaks volumes because it does feel like it's picked up uh, and it'd be hard to ignore if you were him. So, I mean, I think in, in some ways the, the, the soulless look at it, if you ignore the declarations of fealty, is, you know, what a kind of a judo move here by him. Like maybe get in at the last second, force things to come back together. Maybe get a quick guaranteed payday. I guess like, hey, nice move. But also like, I don't know, man, either do it or don't. I don't know why we got to like sit around and and not say anything for the last five days. I mean, I guess maybe we're working out details, but I don't know. The the dragging it out thing feels a little self-centered. So I don't, I don't really know what to think. TC, what's your reaction? I mean, it could be a busy time frame at the butcher shop, right? We're holiday people are gearing up for the holidays. You got holiday parties, Christmas parties, all sorts of stuff. He could be slammed, you know? Take a ticket, TC. Get in line. I'll get to you when I can. Yeah, I feel like he's kind of vociferously denied stuff previously, and that doesn't seem to be happening here. Can we go through that? I, I, this might be a bit tedious, and I tweeted a bunch of this out, but I think this is important to document. Uh, this, again, this is not our opinion. This is John Rahm's words that he's used over periods of time, and I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on like, hey, post-June 6th, if things changed for you, I like we can we can talk about that separately. But this first quote that I'll that I'll use here, this is after June 6 has happened, right? This is sometime around the beginning of August this past year. He told Golf Sin Etiquitas Etiquitas. I don't uh, my my Spanish is un poquito oxidado. Uh, is that is that golf without etiquette? Maybe it might be scene etiquette. That pronunciation, uh, K. Lasty Masali. Lo <laughs> He said, "Phil Mickelson respects my decision, and I respect his decision. He has told me that I have no reason to go to live, and he has told me that several times. I laugh when people rumor me with live. I've never liked the format. So, if you were if you were viewing that quote through the ultimate skeptical eye, you would say, "All right, if they're changing the format, like they are potentially allegedly maybe changing the format, and they need to get all the owners." permission on that or something I, I i i don't know i again there's no there's no like trusted sources releasing any of this stuff uh to this point but that again the only wiggle room in that quote is if the format changes all of a sudden maybe john rom goes back on all of these other quotes which happen which uh again if you go back to pr at the 2022 us open he said yeah, money is great, but when Kelly and I, this first thing happened, we started talking about it and we're like, would our lifestyle change if we got $400 million? No, it would not change one bit. Truth be told, I could retire right now. And I could live a very happy life and not play golf again. I've never, uh, I've never really played the game of golf for monetary reasons. I play for the love of the game, and I want to play against the best in the world. That's end quote. Uh, just a comment to say, None of the top 30 uh, in strokes gain in the world currently play on live golf. So again, he would be going back on that last part of the quote alone of saying he wants to play against the best in the world because the best in the world do not, that's decidedly do they do not play on the live golf tour. He uh, also said, continued, I've always been interested in history and legacy. And right now the PGA tour has that. Uh, there's a meaning when you win the Memorial Championship. There's a meaning when you win Arnold Palmer's event at Bay Hill. There's a meaning when you win LA Tory, some of these historic venues. That to me matters a lot. After winning this past year's past US Open, only me and Tiger have won at Torrey Pines, making putts on 18. That's a memory that I'm going to have forever. And not many people can say that. End quote. 
Um, even the, the PJ tour dick riders that we are, they don't even hand us scripts that thick of, uh, laying out, laying on the, uh, the, uh, the propaganda. He said, uh, my heart is with the PGA tour. That's all I can say. It's not my business or my character to judge anyone who thinks otherwise. And for a lot of people, I'm not going to lie. Those next three, four years are worth basically the retirement plan. It's very nice compensation until they retire and sail off into the sunset. And if you want to keep going back to February 22, this is my official, my one and only time I'll talk about this, where I'm officially declaring my fealty to the PGA Tour. I'm a PAC member, and I have a lot of belief in Commissioner Jay Monahan and the product that they're going to give us in the future. There's been a lot of talk and speculation about the Saudi League. It's, it's just not something I believe is best for me and my future in golf, and I think the best legacy I can accomplish will be with the PGA Tour. I, I would, you know, that, that, listen, that, that's, that's tough uh, if we change our mind, but he is allowed to change his mind. And I respect that. Like if he does go, there is a, you, you can make a business case for why he's doing it. And like the kind of classic response that you see online is, could you say no to $300 million guaranteed? Be a very hard thing to turn down. I, I guess what I've been curious about is it seems that Rom, I, I, and I would definitely, definitely understand his frustration with PGA tour leadership. I think, you know, they've done a very, very poor job, but he seems to be, have been on the outside looking in with some of the other top players on the PGA tour. And I'm wondering if, if there's some bitterness or is he, does he feel like he's been on the outside? Cause he is probably top, top three best golfer, let's say top two, but he doesn't really seem to have a leadership role in the revamping of the tour right now. And I'm starting to kind of think back and be like, huh, I wonder why that is. Is that, is that his choice or does he feel like he's been sidelined and is that leading to some of this as well? Yeah, I think there's definitely some resentment there towards Rory and others, you know, whether it's impressors or whatnot, it, it seems like I think on the flip side though, like none of these guys are tiger and John Rom's not even Rory. I don't think, you know, he's probably got a brighter career ahead of him than what Rory has ahead of him. But um, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think overall we may be misreading the situation a little bit through the lens of what live is right now. Cause like, I'm I'm in agreement. Shane Ryan had a couple of great tweets about this uh, kind of when, when everything started percolating. He said, the fascinating thing about the ROM rumors, which I realize might just be nothing, but let's pretend they're not for a moment, is that they very closely follow a profit-seeking logic. If you think the tour and live are eventually going to merge and your number one goal is money, and for the record, I haven't seen a ton of players wrestling with ethics on either side, then it's optimal to sign with Live Golf right now. It's money with no consequence. And the benefit for Liv is it puts the negotiation squeeze on the tour if they think there's some doubt. This is amateur analysis, but it feels like if Liv got Rom, it would crush the tour and pretty much force them to merge. Not to mention that if Rom goes, you'd expect at least th two to three other big names to follow before the new season. So I think on that level, I think this is the best money that Yasser could spend. Sure. I think it I think it brings you know, it brings them to the tour. It sounds like there's there's some dissension among even the player directors on the tour side of, hey, you know, should we take the Saudi money? Should we just go with the with with the private equity money here? You know, kind of how should we structure any new investment in the tour? And I think this basically guarantees that the Saudis stay, you know, at the table and have a stronger negotiating position to be much more. Uh, you know, tied in to whatever the next thing looks like. Uh, and, you know, and again, it's just, it, it's basically Yasser and the boys like running circles around Jay. Who, and I'm, I'm finally getting to the point where I, I feel like Jay Monahan is almost out of a job. 
Like, I think we're almost there, finally. Yeah, I just don't know who else is going to take that job right now because there's not a lot of moves on the chessboard. So, you know, I feel like he would have to quit. I don't know if they're going to... I think they're going to neuter him, and then I think Chris Stroud's going to fire him, I think. He's got a lot of authority to do that. Well, it's like he's pissed off every single level of stakeholder with the tour. Over the last... We're four years into this thing, guys. And it's like the whole argument the whole time has been like, no, we can't fire him now. Like, what are we going to do? We're too... We're too far into this. And it's like, we're four fucking years. Wait, there could be another two years of, of negotiations, you know? God, it's starting. He's starting to feel like the, uh, the little boy with his finger in the dike. And then there's more holes popping up. It's like, oh crap, Chris Stroud and the mules are doing something <laughs> over here. And then all of a sudden, you know, you think you got the top players happy, but now Rom might leave. It's yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's kind of a nightmare scenario for the tour right now. It, I, I agree with Shane's analysis. Like, and I, I really don't, if Rom is going to speak out against like the format and like what live stands for as much as he has and flip, like they're, they're everything you just said, all the reasons to do it now, like makes sense in a vacuum, right? If you want to be totally cold hearted, if you don't feel like you've been well represented through this process, if you're mad at how the PGA tour has handled things, if you're mad at Rory for how he's reshaping things, if you're mad at just how things are going, if you don't feel like you've got enough respect, you can middle finger those guys and go and get your live money. And I, I don't know if that will mean he'll hit a shot out and live. I don't know like what it actually happens with live going for, you know, right? does that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, like, is there any downside? Does the format even matter to him? If he's, you know, at worst, he's going to play a season on live. But so this is where I, I, I follow that logic and I get, in a pretzel a little bit to say like, all right, well, what's going to stop? Like, is there going to be a, a total run on the bank now? Like are Xander and Cantlay and who else just going to make a, a sprint over there to get the money bags while I can? Does Yoster putting that up right now? The, the move that like confounds me of all of this is like, why is Graham McDowell getting re-signed in like November to team to smash? And with, you know, when there's, you know, I would think it would benefit them more to have some spaces open to be able to threaten to, you know, and, and is that the level that we're at with these negotiations, right? Because as I've understood the negotiations to this point, it's been like Piff wants a deal with the PGA tour. Like they don't want to continue to go to battle. And like, while this is like a decent, a very good strategic move in that it is counter to like negotiating in good faith. Right. And uh, maybe they view the tour getting private equity money involved as not negotiating in good faith. I, would you know again the, my extremely amateur understanding of how all this stuff works is like at least part of getting private equity money involved in this helps with get through DOJ scrutiny so again this is that stuff that gets way above my pay grade pretty quickly but like still something's not adding up here to the point where I'm like ah yeah this all this all really makes sense because I don't know man I, I in my world how I uh, people if, if people think I'm just riding for the PJ tour like mindlessly throughout this that's not really been kind of where I stand. It's more of like, dude, I just, I tend to take humans at their word, right? Like I just tend to like want to believe them when they say things and want you to be a relatively stand up person. And the amount of like people we've just seen fall one by one by one fall into this ridiculous greed has just been like, man, you too, Rom. Like I just didn't have that. I did not have that with how strong he spoke in favor of what he had decided to do. And to switch at this point, man, is an enormous curveball. It's pretty big middle fingers to a lot of people that have spent a lot, a lot of hours working on this thing and trying to 
hold it together, uh, you know, while people have fallen off one by one. And it's a really bizarre move to this point. And I, I question the involvement of agents in all of this. And, uh, and again, I it just, we could find out that this is not true. And it's one huge negotiation tactic, you know, and it, it, it clears up this week, but it certainly, uh, the breadcrumbs lead us to think that this is happening this week. I just think anything, anything regarding moral high ground or standing by your word or anything like that went out when went out the window when Jay Monahan and Ed Hurley pulled the bullshit that they did on June 6th without telling any of the players that you can, you know, Tiger talked about it in his presser this week. Like, you know, he was shitting all over Jay and his presser. I think that changed the entire dynamic of everything and threw so many of these guys under the bus. I don't think that that's even close to being resolved from an emotional standpoint for guys like Rom. But even then, right? he's saying that after that happened, though. Like, I, I laugh at the people that rumor me with Liv. Like, it's not it's not for me. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, at some, you're going back on something, right? You're allowed to change your mind on this. But, like, again, what did that mean when you said this? I don't know. That's the shit well, that just And I would say it's it's less about, like, yeah, you can be mad at Monaghan and, the, and, and management, and they definitely handled this very poorly. But, I mean, it feels like you're kind of stabbing some of your – Yes. Their members of your tour in the back, right? Like, how are you going to look some of those guys in the eye? You, you know, you got friends out on tour. Maybe, I don't know. I've always given, like, Ram has been one of the most thoughtful guys, and I've always been very impressed with what he has to say when he sits down in the press conference in his second language, no less. And so if this is true, and it does come out that he's going to live, I would love to hear him talk about it. I'd love to hear his thought process. That I mean, just, I, I find it fascinating of, of how he would uh, justify it. And then I, my question to him would be, if you had these issues with the tour, why have you, you have one of the best voices in the game right now. Why haven't you been more involved in trying to fix it from, you know, the inside, like some of the other guys on the, you know, player advisory board and, you know, Rory step back, you know, a chance for you to step up maybe. So that's, that's the stuff where I'm like, huh, this feels like a pretty drastic change without making an effort to like, you know, voice your, your problems publicly or do anything to help the situation before you kind of, um, send it in the other direction as far as it goes for your your current, you know, compadres, I guess you could say. I'm totally with you in that I like Rom. I think he's thoughtful. I think he's extreme. Like, I regard him very highly. I also don't think he has a ton of friends on tour. Like, I think he's kind of a lone wolf type. So I don't think he's necessarily turning his back on, you know, and, and granted, he likes to play the DP World Tour too. And he, you know, but like adding up some of the stuff well like he you know he wants to play in spain a little bit he wants to play kind of all over the world you know there could be a bunch of stuff that he doesn't like whether it's the way the new schedule's coming about or pip or whatever you know it's it's uh and i think i, I don't know also it seems like winning the masters changes the dynamic versus when you become a masters champ you're kind of king made into that field for the rest of your life right versus like you know going to let's say it's Gooch or like, you know, Joaquin Neiman. Like this is the first weekend I've thought about Joaquin Neiman in two years, you know, <laughs> which is a shame, right? Because Joaquin was a really good up and coming player. But I just think with Rom, it's like, I don't think it's tough to psychoanalyze the guy because I don't know what makes him tick. And I think that's one of the things that I like about him. Like he's, He's kind of a... But that, that's where I'm at, though, TC, though. Like, he t kind of told us what makes him tick, right? I mean... Yeah, it, some it, of the quotes you just read, it's like, uh, do you not really feel that way anymore about any of that stuff? Like, a only, sociopath. The only thing he's voiced that he's upset with was there weren't enough Portageons on the course. <laughs> 
And guess what? They tried to fix that this week. Like they, they apparently there's going to be a porta potty every three holes now. Like I bet if you spoke up and you had some issues, you know, some things you could probably help before you just are like deuces. I'm out of here, fellas. Yeah. It, uh, I don't know. Something, something stinks here. A tiger's still talking about like a deal getting done before the end of the year. And I just don't know how between like Rory, between tiger, between Jay, between everyone involved in this, how, like no one's been able to get in touch with John yeah, Rahm. How, how, how can like, no one get him on the phone? Or I, I don't know. Is he just like, is it off? I, that's that's the part that's baffling me. Is it just like he's just not he's just not available. Period. It seems like he might be trying to fuck with people, which is that's, that's where I'm like, dude, something is weird here. Like he, it, I've reached out to his agent a couple of times. I've gotten nothing back. I know players have reached out directly to John and been like, yo, can we like talk? And he just like has not replied. And it's like, dude, if, if that's where I'm at with John, I've always, always sick. held him at such a high level. And I'm like, dude, at least like talk to your fellow, like your tour players are like your business partners, right? I mean, you're, you're not like necessarily an LLC or like, like you guys are all partners together, right? In this, especially in this, with this like wars going on here, like you need to be upfront with the people that, you know, you, your decisions affect other people's lives as well. And I've always thought of John as somebody like thoughtful enough to like recognize that. And that's why the whole thing is just like Brooks, not at all. Like Brooks up and leaving Patrick Reed, leaving Bryce. None of those guys have, I thought this way about them. And uh, I don't know, Rob, to see Rom flip like this potentially again it's i keep qualifying that just because we're we're waiting for a credible source to break it but man the breadcrumbs are everywhere i didn't realize one uh, quick clarification uh tc you you answered this question for me earlier this week i didn't realize they had to take out the clause in the framework agreement about uh you can't poach players because that was in violation of antitrust rules <laughs> So that, that highly was, anti-competitive. Yeah, yeah. That, which makes sense that now that you've explained that to me. But I totally missed that news over the summer. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes a lot more sense now. Which what also, you, if you're throwing another D, like a DOJ concern in this, right, is now that you are back actively bidding for player services. Now any any involvement with the PIF, even if it's diluted a little bit by private equity investment, has to be even more scrutinized, right? I mean. Like they, they haven't been fighting for, you know, for players forever, but like the same month that you're fighting for players. Now you want to try to get something through DOJ approval. Like good fucking luck. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that makes me, then you got, then that leads to more questions of like, well, who approached who first is Rom Like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm available, you know? So then they, could they argue, Oh, we didn't, you know, we didn't go after him. He came to us. Yeah. I don't know. It's all that. Now we're just getting into total speculation. Age. I thought some of the, like the, the, Letter that Tiger and Malnati and the other player directors sent out this week was interesting and kind of the wake of all this, plus the mule uprising. Do you, where do you want to go next? You want to go? Uh, I mean, we could go a lot of different directions, but uh, <laughs> I like it when that happens. It truly could, but I, I think there's only one way we can really go, and that's to say, listen, we are every every Christmas we have. A, you know, a thread that goes out of, of the worst golf gifts you could possibly get. And the one way that you can make sure you don't end up having to send us a picture is to put the Rap Soto MLM2 Pro on your list, okay? You don't need the score counter. You don't need the little mini golf thing on the toilet. You don't need it all. You can get ready for the holiday season by gifting your loved ones or yourself the perfect golf present that is the Rap Soto MLM2 Pro. We're building off the success of the original MLM, which is also only $300 now, $299.99, I 
should say. Rapsodo is introducing the MLM2 Pro, a mobile launch monitor and golf simulator that's revolutionizing the game. This award-winning device offers three video replay options to analyze your swing, delivers 13 key metrics, and boasts an impressive selection of over 30,000 simulated courses. I don't know if Royal Greens Golf Club uh, is on there just yet, but it might be 30,001 courses here pretty soon. Uh, it's po incredibly portable. You could be practicing shots at home or trying to enhance your game at the range. The, the device is easily, it fits onto your golf bag for effortless transportation. It is priced at $699.99. It is a steal. Uh, My Golf Spy recently dubbed it the best value launch monitor. You can go to rapsoto.com now to take advantage of their exclusive deals and take your game to new heights. From now until December 10th, that is one week, you can save $69.99 on the MLM2 Pro plus a dozen RPT golf balls in the bundle or enjoy 20 20% off Rapsodo Sim Studios, whether you got space for a 13-foot wide enclosure or just enough room for a backyard net. Rapsodo.com has five studio options tailored to fit your needs. Uh, plus, all five studio bundles are available for under $3,000 or under $5,000 if you include a projector and the MLM2 Pro. Uh, lastly, you can save on the original MLM by using promo code NLU. Uh, you can save on the MLM plus premium membership bundle, unlocking total savings of $99.99. Don't miss out on the opportunity to elevate your game with Rapsodo and to play without limits. Do you hear the people sing, TC? Do you hear them? Do you hear the song <laughs> of Journeymen? What, what, what sound does a mule make? Does it, does it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't it's move. like a horse. <laughs> is it, it is, is it the mule music day? of the people who will want their points again. Uh, a uh, a petition <laughs> went out. Uh, it's a Dear PGA Tour membership. A group of us are requesting a special meeting to address issues related, but not limited to the following. FedEx cut points allocated to signature events versus full field events. For example, currently a fifth place finish in a no cut 78 player field is awarded 272% more points than a fifth place finish in a traditional event with a cut. We are requesting a significant reduction before the first designated event. Bad language in there. Cause they, they called it signature and designated event. We need some consistency mm, here, guys. If, I'm gonna, can't have if you're going to have me sign this. Uh, number two, number of limited field signature events. Number three, PIP program. Number four, PGA Tour leadership, PGA Tour policy board, and player directors. Uh, and number five, if you want to be a part of this meeting, please sign this petition. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the mules really want to know their meltwater scores. Come on, guys. What are you doing? So bad, man. And then, you know, you got Chris Stroud mouthing off at every turn. Your boy, Solly. He is my I boy. Add. I hate to do this to him. He was my partner at the uh, at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am this past year. Couldn't have been more of a delight. Uh, but I am going to respectfully disagree with you, my friend, on a lot of the quotes that you've put out here this past week. Um, I'm just going to go through them. He said, I've been frustrated with what the tour has done for years. Uh, since I was on the pack, the tour doesn't care about you if you're not in the top 30. And I learned quickly that I needed to take care of myself. Uh, the tour has built this bad culture. I love Jay Monahan, but the tour has never tried to give back to the players. We've never had a voice. So Jay has a free hand to do whatever he wants. Um, he said, I believe Monahan and a lot of people at the tour genuinely care about us, but the system has never been set up to help the players. Uh, the tour has taken all this extra money and not spread it out properly. I've talked to so many players about this, and the answer is always we need to be unionized. <laughs> Uh, pause at any point when you guys put a button. <laughs> he said he said it was too it was too difficult. They've made it tougher to make cuts now. They did cut the number was... of guys making cuts from seventy to sixty five, which uh... like, like part of the issue, like part of the reason we're in this whole thing to begin with, is the fact that 
it's it's so hard for some of these guys to lose their cards. Correct. It's such a lack of turnover, and there's such a lack. Like Chris Stroud, you played in 402 PGA Tour events. You've made 208 cuts. You finished Two, in the top 10 34 times. 209 if you count us making the team cut at the Pebble Beach Hell last yeah. year. Okay. He's made thirteen, almost $14 million on course. Uh, Which should be celebrated. What a fantastic career, but can we keep it in perspective, Chris? But, uh, but also, like, I shudder to know how much money is in his pension as well, with 208 made cuts. Like, like, like the guy finished 168th in the FedEx Cup this year, 180th in the FedEx Cup fall. He's 627th in the world golf ranking, and he still has a fucking place to play. Like, he's going to be able to play 14 to 16 times next year, I bet. And somehow the tour doesn't care about him. Like, I, I, Chris, I would argue that the tour cares way too much about you and that's why this shit is so out of balance but you're too much of a moron to understand that these people are so fucking entitled it's it's insane nobody's ever rocked up to a tournament to, to watch chris stroud or ben silverman or lonto griffin like, get out of here man it, it just it remind it, i i have to think of college football and and you be in the locker room and you kind of hear some guys that aren't aren't hit they're not getting they're not getting a look from the coach man coach is fucking me man you know, and the guy in the locker next to me, I know, man, I see you balling out there. And then he turned the film on and it's like the guy, he get, you know, he's just getting beaten one-on-ones in practice. Like, you're not going to see the field, dude. You're not playing well. It's the same thing here. It's like Chris Stroud. Nobody even knows what you look like. If you walk through the airport, nobody would recognize you. And I don't mean that offensively, but that should, like, you've made $13 million. And like, but you're not moving the needle. Why are you complaining about the pip? Like what? I, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. You're not, you are not the value of the the media rights period like so this guy's won one tournament and it was an opposite field event which the entire point of opposite field events is to have is to get you a start again i got a challenge flag though because we got rained out of the final round of the team portion of the pell beach pro-am and aaron Rodgers is sandbagging it so we could have won it has an asterisk on it he could have won twice if we'd have gotten through uh and gotten to play that final round but uh, he continued, I've learned this over 16 years on tour. Every single year, I see more unhappy players. Uh, the players on live are happy. I talked to Mark Leishman today, and he said the team aspect is fun, but the coolest part is these people care about us. And then so he's going to be playing in the live promotions event this upcoming in a couple weeks here. Um, and he's, and, you know, the question was, if he earned status, uh, what would happen? He said, I go straight to live without question. I give up my tour status for one year. Uh, I would be worth it because the tour has done everything wrong. If they say I can't be on the PJ tour, that's fine. I love the PJ tour and what it stands for, but I'm so unimpressed with how everything has transpired the last three years. I love what the, I love the PJ tour and what it stands for, but then like, then like, what do you love about it then? I, I, I just, I don't get it. I think we can find community on the last quote, you know, uh, I think we we are not from where he's sitting though. Like you can be really unimpressed with how it's going, but you have to understand that part of the reason that the tour has met so many headwinds and everything they've tried to do for decades and decades and decades, not just within the Saudi part, has been the fact that it's a 501c6 membership organization that has 200 members, where the bottom 170 have more power than the top 30, right? And like this is a it would not ever be this way if you started it right now and he says it almost himself by by accident by saying he's been on the tour for over 16 years all he's known is being a part of this you know majority of rank and file members that have held this power to have this representation like he should not be again like there's 
you're going to hear a lot more of this because these guys continue to be incredibly tone deaf in everything that they say publicly to just a complete lack of recognition of where the value is driven. You want to unionize like good fucking luck unionizing, like without the support of Roy McElroy and the top guys that have been like trying to negotiate a very decent deal to keep you guys getting paid like throughout the Sony open and the American express and the farmers and all these non-signature events. They're going to still have massive purses that you are going to be able to make starts on the PJ tour and play like, like the fall events this past year, like dudes are playing like for a winner's purse of $1.4 million. Like I'm telling the money is still there. The life is still good. They cannot stand the fact though, that it might be getting better for the elite players, the players that are just better at golf. Like, I feel like this, the PIP has projected this other aspect onto the top players, which is that they're undeserving of the status that they've earned in golf because of one side thing that, uh, of some money that's really, it's not that much money when you, when in the grand scheme of things that is thrown at these guys, the designated events are not a popularity contest. They are earned through merit on the golf course. I need, if you are going to be a mule that's going to make statements like this, you have to make the case to anyone why lesser golfers should be deserving more, right? You have to make the case in the, in the, a value-driven business why you deserve more. Things are changing. Things that might be changing, and the percentage that you guys are getting might go down. Explain why it shouldn't. Like you have to make that point to me if you're going to, if you're going to earn anybody's respect through these statements. Preach, Sally. I, I'll, you know yeah, what? Yeah, that was like, well said, Sally. I'm not gonna really push back on that. I kind of struggle to like because listen, I hate the leadership at the PGA Tour. I think they're what? they've been completely inept. I think it was really interesting Jay's deal book summit this week thing. Like he was saying, like you know, this leadership. Like he, he was making a case for this leadership team, this leadership team, this leadership team. Well, you know what? Like I was looking at the the NASCAR media deal that just got signed this this week that puts the PGA Tours in perspective of like the PGA Tours isn't as much as the NASCAR one. Uh, especially, you know, knowing that the discovery element of it, you know, kind of evaporated. But I think the thing that I struggle with is there, there is a certain element of me that does agree with these guys in that I don't think the tour knows what the fuck they're doing as far as modeling this, the signature stuff out as far as churn rates and how this is really going to look next year. But these guys, like they're talking about it the wrong way. They need to understand that it's basically two different points lists. It's two different tours. Right. And there's some connectivity. You can play your way from one tour to the other. But for the most part, like these guys playing the signature events are playing a different tour than you. And they kind of have already. But for Lonto and these guys to bitch about how, you know, how the, the FedEx Cup points work and da 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 da, like it's, it's basically two different points lists, guys. And if you play well, you can play your way into these things. Bottom line. And I need you to also recognize how dumb it was for this thing to have been flattened over 47 events. Like, yeah, you have totally. the players is yeah. worth a hundred more. The majors are worth a hundred more, whatever it is. But I'm sorry. Like the, I don't want to, I don't want to pull a bad example here, but I, I assume like in, in the past year and just using the past year as an example, like the fall is going away now, but like the RSM is worth as many points as the Genesis, right? And the fields are vastly different, right? So again, while there's going to be more points in the signature events in these, uh, you know, going to the top five guys, like the players are going to be better. The field is going to be better. It's going to, I don't, I'm not going to vouch for the distribution. Like I haven't done the, run the models or done the math on that, but like, let's not pretend like these things should be even close to the same. Like it, you've been, again, you've been getting away with murder on this for many, many, many years and things are going to change and it's time. It's past time for this to change. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and it's like, there is some, some like, empathy for like yeah man it, it was kind of sweet that the butterfield got the same amount of points as the 
you know, waste management or the Genesis, but like that doesn't make any sense. So it's like, I'm sorry, that's good. That's going to have to change because uh, it's just not working, man. And like, if you got to have enough of a feedback loop to realize, like, I'm not the guy out here that's like moving the needle. Like, like if you really want to sit down, Mr. Stroud and look at the, probably the, the viewing numbers on, you know, a, a signature event, like when the big guys show up and when they don't, it's like, it's, that's, that's just the way it works, man. Period. You got to play, you got to be more like, you know, country music sensation, Eric Cole, play your way in and less like Chris Stroud. Like, folk, go go practice, man. You, like, it's right there. You could still go out and make a bunch of cuts. Like, it's still merit-based. Merit it's just, yeah, you're going to have a little steeper hill to climb. And that sucks for you, but I'm sorry. These guys get in rooms together, and they just hype each other up. And it's a total echo chamber, and they don't, like, understand uh, anything past what's directly in front of them. And, like, Nate Lashley bitching about the pip on Instagram and say— That was the best. Can we can we talk about that? We can. We can absolutely talk about that, TC. Do you have the quotes in front? I don't have them in front of me. Yeah, let me— Hold on. I will say, before we get to that, uh, I, I, a great question came in from— uh, Florida Georgia line sucks is the Twitter handle. Uh, is Chris, is Chris, I would agree. Is Chris Stroud being left out of the signature events the equivalent of Florida State being left out of the playoffs? Uh, I would say yes. That's that's the exact equivalent we're looking oh, for. Oh, God. TC was getting some Knowles fired up today. Talk, on the talking interwebs. about the Knowles. <laughs> yeah, I think Nate Lashley, you know, first of all, the PIP stuff came out. I don't think we've talked about the results we have at not, all, have we? No, that we did not do a recap last weekend. Yeah. So from a PIP perspective, uh, you know, we've got Rory unseats Tiger at the top. Rom finishes third. Spieth, Scheffler, Ricky, Hovland, JT. My guy Tommy getting into the top 10, beating the pro out. Mm. Tommy ninth, Max 10th. Uh, any surprises in there for you guys before I go to the 11 through 20? Uh, uh, just... A Probably disc Tommy. Same disclaimer we put on this every year, and even the met the metrics have changed a little bit. The the pip has been poorly communicated to people, and also people don't read. So I don't, you know, <laughs> it's not a social media contest. It's not. It is a measurement of the value you've brought. And like, if you can't tell from you know some of the names on the back half of this, like if you're on TV a lot and you're playing really well and you're playing well in big tournaments and winning big tournaments, uh, while a lot of people are watching, you're going to rise up the Nielsen ratings and you're going to, that, that, that value you've provided to the tour is now rewarded to you monetarily. I don't want to hear any, any complaining about social media metrics when Brian Harmon got $2 million, a $2 million player impact bonus. Uh, like he got that for winning the British open last year. That, that's yeah, well, that and, and also getting the, uh, our friends across the pond all riled up about hunting. Correct. I think that definitely helped his, definitely his, uh, his pip impact as well. I think pip wise too, they have done a you know, like you said, Tyler, they did a very poor job of communicating it. Gets cut in half again next year. It doubled <laughs> like and then now just, it's getting cut in back, right? And then you know, Spieth's dad's company is the 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 MVP index. They that's were involved gone, in it before. Yeah. Now that's gone. Like the whole thing's taped together, and they basically did it. They they reverse engineered it to take care of certain guys in years past. It was a model. But also they did not exercise. they did not build in the proper like like you like to get this money you need to be a part of this tour into the future. They did not properly build that in cuz dudes the first that the first batch of 10 guys that got pit money, five of them left for live uh, after getting the yeah. money. So the guys at at you know 7 through 10 each got 5 million dollars a piece and then you got uh 11 through 15 get 3 million dollars a piece that's Xander J Day 
which is kind of shocking. Tony Finau, your guy. Uh, Colin Morikawa, who we'll get to later. Matt Fitzpatrick, who we'll also get to later. <laughs> and then 16, Wyndham Clark. 17, Cam Young. 18, Team Rose. Mm. Uh, love seeing that. Patrick Cantlay, mm. 19, which, hey, I think Hackgate probably helped him out, right? And then and then Brian Harmon at 20. Each of them got, got, got $2 million. But Nate Lashley said, how many golf fans actually know what the pip on the PGA tour is would love to hear from golf slash PGA fans. If they think this hundred million dollars was well spent, there's 150 to 200 members of the PGA tour. Again, wait, way too many. Uh, and they just spent $100 million on 20 players. Seems a little ridiculous. Time for new leadership on the PGA tour. This is an absolute kick in the face for the rest of the PGA tour players. Uh, he did this in between, uh, pumping up his Airbnb rental property up in Flagstaff, I believe was his previous uh, Instagram post. And I was able to get some of the backend metrics as far as the PIP, you know, how they calculated everything, you know, from a, from a meltwater perspective, uh, Rory won that, you know, the meltwater stuff, like Cantlay, he was, he was in the money in the meltwater and just got crushed in some of the other elements as well so you know you got meltwater you got nielsen you got google searches this year neil you might have been consulting for him sure uh, on this stuff and then you got this this fan like basically like how how recognizable you are among golf fans and then how recognizable you are among the general population that's just a true it's the airport and the eye test correct like, which one of these guys can walk through and i always used to say like Harmon for a long time couldn't walk through an, or could walk through an airport nobody would recognize him I don't, that's probably not the case anymore I think it's probably still the case. Literally, that, that, the, that test is literally, like they have like a, a focus group of people and they hold up a picture of, of the guy and say, do you know this person's name? And if they name him, it's a it's a yes. If they can't name him, it's a no. Like That's how they that, do that I, test. I'm, I'd be curious if that's a picture with their hat on or hat off. Which, guys, the craziest what, what part about that Good. is Hovland got second to last. He got 19th among these guys. Hovland got seventh. O only beat oh, Brian Harmon. No, it, in, in, the, the in the fan... Yeah recognition really category that's crazy to me hmm. like scotty scheffler only got you know amongst other people like was was among the bottom finishers as well it's crazy hmm. it's nuts so well i guess i mean hovland's not on a ton of, he's not really on any commercials that's that's where you're gonna be making hay on the recognition scale is like are you are you pimping grant thornton or not it's very true so yeah Mules, just keep giving us the content. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, I can't believe we're on round like 18 of this. I had a bunch of mules, uh, uh, respectfully using that term, of course, texting us like, hey, I, just so you know, I do not side with Chris Stroud on this. Like, please don't let me in with this guy. This is not what's going on here. Uh, and I do, do you think, I, I'm curious if there will be a, a true mule skinner. Is someone going to come through, a, you know, a top player going to speak and be like, you guys are idiots. Like, you know, who's going to, they might have to kind of get put in their place Dude, a little bit. If they're not careful, I, I like they're, a lot of dudes and I are going to get really, really frustrated and they probably already are with like trying to still help them out in whatever new thing they're trying to negotiate. And like a lot of the top guys are maybe ultimately going to say like, okay, like we're doing our own global tour. Like we're, we're doing a attack on, we can have a relationship with the PGA tour. We can have a feeder system of some kind, but like you do not have the power you think you have. And if you're going to kind of like threaten us with this power, please know that we have the power to just go do our own thing. And all the private equity guys, all they really want is us and not you guys. I'm sorry to say that. Um, but that's kind of 
how if you want things to have this continuity, it's probably going to have to be our way. Like we have been elected to represent you. There are people on the on the board that are elected to represent you guys, and we're going to do our best to have that represented. Like listen to Peter Malnati's reaction to the changing the signature events. But like otherwise, if they if they like petition, like this put petition is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen because that's going to literally get thrown out and it's going to incentivize the top guys back. Like, we're we're not doing this. Like I do not want to be a part of this tour. Like maybe that's why Rory could be. Like part of the reason he resigned, it's like fuck this. You know what? Like I'm sure there's a multitude of reasons. Like I'd be pissed if I was on a five-hour board meeting when I'm in Dubai playing in a tournament, probably in the middle of the night. You know, on the board meeting. But like, like it just kills me too. Where because not only it's like it's not just PGA Tour and Live. Now you've also yes. got the Endeavor guys trying to stand up. You know, uh, you got Ari Emanuel and the gang trying to stand up you know, events, let's say live and the PGA tour, keep going at this like separate tracks. The the top guys are going to go play in these big money events at like top courses that the Endeavor guys are basically going to put up and call the tours bluff and be like, cool. Like, like the best players, like good luck telling them that they can't come play in this because their media rights are yours or whatever. It's like, it's going to get even stickier if the PGA tour tries to you know finagle this in a way that uh, i don't know it's like it's it's i think we're we're on the verge of this thing turning into a complete and utter quagmire well, don't we already we, number one we already kind of had that with the match stuff and two that was kind of what the tgl was supposed to be but almost you know in in the uh in the dome in the metaverse on on the sims right like i, think, I still it, think that was many, an inside job god we got too many things going on there's too many oh no, my good. god like none of them. Can we talk about the player so, enhancements it's for 2024? So. They sent out a uh, they sent out a, a, a email this week. Uh, you know the tour's vice president of food and beverage, their executive chef. Uh, you know they've got a whole food and beverage program outlined here. Uh, but for all tournaments, they now have cold plunge recovery. They have a compliment. You must provide a complimentary courtesy car program. Player families uh, have to have a flushable restroom out on the course now, which I believe was a ROM. Uh, not only it was uh, one on the front nine and one on the back nine. Correct. Um, and then a, a minimum of four relief stations per nine holes for players. So that's for all tournaments. For signature and playoff events, <laughs> uh, we've got... Oh, the mules are going to uh, be so mad. They get, I less, know. they get less bathrooms. Tough. They they are guaranteeing on-site and convenient parking options for players, spouses, caddies, coaches, agents and managers, player families, and other player support constituents. Team friendly. Uh, player dining includes access for all those other people, including trainers and therapists. Uh, they're implementing a nut nutrition program designed to boost nutrient density for optimal athletic performance. Uh, this program includes 100% non-GMO, grass-fed slash finished meats, pastured eggs, poultry and dairy, wild-caught seafood, and seasonal local organic produce and whole grains. Uh, manufacturer representatives now receive complimentary food and beverage. You must provide dry cleaning and laundry services, and you must provide complimentary picture yardage books. Thank you. How about it? Thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, and that just kind of sums up like, and you, you know, I know that's for signature events, but pretty much all that can probably be said for any PGA tour event. 
and Stroud and the boys, you guys are complaining. I mean, come on, man. Like life's pretty damn good when you're a pro golfer. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm not really, uh, here for the, uh, yeah. I think if I was an old guy, like one of the veterans, I'd be like, Hey, like fuck all you guys, like the mules, like you guys suck the best players. You guys also suck (laughs) because it's like, everybody's trying to get theirs. Right. And at some point it's, you know, you got guys making it in a single season. I know there's inflation and all that stuff, but even adjusted for inflation, you guys, you got guys making it in a single season what what dudes made in their entire careers. It built off of the back of the tour that they built. And they're and most of them are replaceable. Like the the, the yes. that money and value is still there whether or not you're there or not. And that's the part that yeah, God, I'm just <laughs> very sick of talking about all this but they, God, pro golf's in such a good spot man it's gonna get worse i have a feeling things can change in an instant both in golf and in the nba but no matter how the action <laughs> unfolds you know <laughs> DraftKings sportsbook has your back this week new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball win or lose you get an instant dub you can download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code nlu uh new customers get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five dollars on basketball only on DraftKings sportsbook with code nlu the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in new york call 8778-HOPE-NY or hope ny which is 467-369 in west virginia visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net please play responsibly and connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org on behalf of boot hill casino and resort uh, must be 21 or older in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources eligibility and deposit restrictions apply bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms god boot hill casino gets so much run they do <laughs> you big end season tournament guy i am i've been I a like fan it. of it yeah i can't i, I get sweet i can't get caught up on it um distance announcement is coming this coming week uh as we said at the top of the show we are not going to dive into the many many details of the distance debate uh we had too much fun talking about mules and the destruction of professional golf to get into a uh a uh, a fiery topic like that but Mike Statura at Golf Digest reported uh, the USGA and RNA are expected to announce early next week that they will be changing the rules to roll back distance in golf and not just for elite players. The expected decision likely would make nearly every popular golf ball played both professionally and recreationally non-conforming. The news comes from multiple industry sources with direct knowledge of the plan, plans of golf governing bodies speaking on background. Uh, The change involves a revision to the way golf balls are tested to see if they conform to the rules specifically is expected to be announced that the test for the overall distance standard would increase the swing speed at which golf balls are tested from the current standard of 120 miles an hour to 125 miles an hour. While increasing the swing speed, the test would not change the distance limit of 317 yards. So said another way, uh, the limit uh, for this test that they run, the ball can only go 317 yards, but the way they test it is now going to be at 125 miles an hour, whereas now it is at 120 miles an hour. So all that's to say, the rollback would be roughly 5%. Uh, the golf ball cannot tra- it'll have to travel 5% less distance uh, when swung at 125 miles an hour. Other news and notes around this, there was a lot of reaction to it. Uh, Rory returned. Which, which I feel like from a just from a strategic, philosophical perspective for us, we're going to wait until the USGA kind of comes out. To, we're going to do a full episode on it and wait until they come out with their full plan and, and 
react to that because I feel like we're just getting some bits and pieces. Yeah, bits and pieces. Uh, I know that Juan and Slumbers especially are probably going to have a lot of quotes to go along with this. They're going to probably do a full media tour, I'm guessing, on Wednesday. Uh, we're hoping to speak with them next week as well. That might be a bonus episode if that does end up happening. Um, but you know, we, we kind of need to hear a lot more about it than just this. I know people are up in arms about it. I kind of wish this wouldn't have got out until they had a chance to get in front of the narrative. But, um, you know, which I, I don't it, think it's do you think that was intentional by them? Or do you think, I no. mean, uh, yeah, if anything, I would say they would want to have the narrative and, yeah. and kind of own own that. Where that's where I feel like for us, it's like I just don't want people to think we're giving it short shrift. Like we're just we're going to give trying it plenty to be of shrift. Responsible here, yeah. Rory uh, took to social media for maybe the first time in four or five years uh, since he tweeted drunkenly at, at Steve Elkington on that flight that one time. Rory said, I don't understand the anger about the golf ball rollback. It will make no difference whatsoever to the average golfer and puts golf back on a path of sustainability. It will also help bring back certain skills in the program that have been eradicated over the past two decades. The people who are upset about this decision shouldn't be mad at the governing bodies. They should be mad at elite pros and club and ball manufacturers because they didn't want bifurcation. The governing bodies presented us with that option earlier this year. Elite pros and ball manufacturers think bifurcation would negatively affect their bottom lines when in reality the game is already bifurcated. You think we play the same stuff you do? They put pressure on the governing bodies to roll it back to a lesser degree for everyone. Bifurcation was the logical answer for everyone, and yet in this game, money talks. Rory, let it fly. Yeah, I mean, is he, maybe he's entering a DGAF stage. <laughs> <laughs> off the off the the council, back uh, back on social media. I don't know. I mean, I I appreciate what he says there. I it's, there's probably probably maybe unnecessary this early on for him to to do that but you know pop off rory no big he woke deal up I, feeling I, go off feeling kid. a certain way i i would say i actually saw a really good thread from podrick harrington on this topic and and other rules changes in the past i thought it was very level-headed and and thoughtful i don't think he's a fan of it but it's it kind of coming at it from a you know giving the governing bodies the benefit of the doubt i'm wonder about the timing of this it's been a really long year in golf i guess you could argue both like hey you had you know you already came out of the bifurcation stuff got shot down if you if you don't do something now you're gonna lose the momentum if you wait i guess but i just it feels a little like head scratchy for me of like everybody's maybe it's just me that it's exhausted but it feels like uh I don't know. It feels like there's a lot going on in the game. What do you guys think about that? The timing of it? I mean, the easy answer here is yes, the timing is bad. I get, I don't feel bad for them on the timing of this. Uh, it's to say, it, you know, doing it too late is better than not doing it at all. Right. I mean, there's a, a reason why we've gotten like the time to react was a long time ago, a long, long time ago, like early two thousands was to say like, Hey, we have an issue. They, they, in their own words have said like, well, we're monitoring an issue here. They let things go on too long, and a product of letting things go on too long is then it became, well, why now? Well, why now? And they, they kicked the can down the road, kicked the can. Now we're in this spot of, like, now they're butting up against something horribly timed with everything else going on in the golf world and, like, seemingly more power being put into the hands of professionals to make their own decisions on whether or not to do stuff like this. And it, going up against all that, it's going to – people are just – have so much distrust in everyone involved in golf right now that it's, like, a tough time to get a PR message across. All that to say, like, I'm ecstatic. I mean, Mike Wan took this job just a little over two years ago. 
was concerned. Uh, I, I was, I, I guess I wasn't concerned. I was a little concerned by the first things he said about it when he got the job. I think he was playing the, the game politically quite right. And I was really ecstatic for Juan to get this job because I thought someone with, of his background and his ability to navigate difficult situations would come in and recognize like, yes, we have an issue and something needs to be done here. Um, so all that's to say like, the unfortunate timing butting up against everything, yes, but like these things are complicated. They have a ton of studies that go into this. They have comment periods. They have you know, suggestion periods. They have all of this feedback loop uh, to try to get this right. And man, they kind of laid the they kind of laid the trap here. They kind of said like, hey, all right, we you know we don't want to roll it back for everyone, but uh, you know, well, all right, we'll give you the option. You guys can just adopt it and. The tour guys, again, with their complete inability to get any good PR, said, no, we don't want to do it. And now the ball's going to get rolled back for everyone. And it's just, it's kind of funny to me. I'm not going to lie. It's, I think there's a few things with like slumbers and Juan seemingly haven't even gotten their own talking points in line. Slumbers has talked about the game being de skilled in certain ways, which I tend to agree with. Um, I, you know, granted, I don't think the ball's the only way to fix that. Yep. I think. Drivers should be smaller. I think, you know, there's there's all sorts of things. I think the and it's not just the distance thing with the ball. I wish the ball spun more. And then, you know, you kind of like I think the devil's gonna be in the details with this. Whereas Juan said, Hey, this is this is about sustainability and all that. But it's just been so funny to see people making the argument against rollback today online of like, yeah, like what are the courses gonna do? Like they're like they're gonna have to spend money to <laughs> It's like move tees up. You, you, you like what the fuck do you think's been going on for the last twenty five years? Or uh, like all the all the pros, like Ricky, you know, a few other guys that they that they talked to down in the Bahamas, said, you know, oh, like yeah, I mean, this is twenty years too late. Why didn't they do this twenty years ago? Well, that, like that doesn't mean that they shouldn't do it now. Right. Like you know, if it's twenty years too late, then you're admitting that it's a problem and that you know something should have been done then. That then. You're, like you're making the case for us there. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I'm very keen to see, you know, what they use as data points, like what they use for the time frame of, because there's different trends over different times too, right? Like I think some of the top players have kind of maxed out their distance and some of the the mules have started catching up to the top players. Like you want to talk about de-skilling? I think that's de-skilling, right? It's when the disparity between the top players and, you know, I think a lot of the distance gains over the last five to 10 years have been the rank and file guys, you know, closing the gap to the best drivers of the golf ball. But I think right? the rank and file guys are getting replaced by guys who drive it farther, right? That is like that. There's totally. more. Yeah, that's that's true too. Yeah, like yeah. The, the representation more on tour. Like it's not that Rory's a bad example because he actually has increased his distance by a lot. But it's not that Justin Thomas continues to get longer and longer every There's year. There's just more Justin Thomas. There's Thomases. just more guys that drive it like him. And they're just, and totally. that is, you know, de skilling the game, I think, turns people off. Like I agree with that, but it, it is more of a, a way of saying the balance of skills being tested yes. might be a little out of balance in that there's too much emphasis exactly. on driving it far. And, I think there is a case, we promised we weren't going to get into this in details, but I, if there's a case to be made here that like, and I agree with you, TC, uh, I think this does not address a lot of the issues we have with technology. I, it, if I was to put a rough percentage on, based on what we know now, I'd say this addresses maybe like 25%, maybe 20% of the issues. Like I think yeah. driver heads is a, is a bigger issue and like, hey, is it worth address? Like this, the only thing this addresses right here to my understanding of, of based on the information we have right now 
is to say like, all right, a really well struck, perfectly struck drive, the distance that is now going to fly is less, right? And I've, I'm a big proponent of distance is relative. Like it doesn't change yeah. a whole lot more other than to say like, all right, no longer do, when you crush a drive, is it going to fly 317 on a neutral like flight? It's going to fly like 300 yards, right? That's the difference now. And that brings back a lot into the game that I would like to see. It brings, it makes less wedges. It makes more mid, mid iron yeah. testing. It just, it, it rebalances things. Um, it's, st there's still some flaws in when you're using a 460 CC driver and a ball that doesn't spin that much. Um, but at least it's a cap on one thing and I hope they're not done after this, but again, we can, we can dive into, into all totally that. agree. And I think too, it's like, it, you know, the devil's in the details. Like I said, it's kind of a, how, how are they going to achieve this stuff? Is it through aerodynamics? Is it through spin rates? Is it through, you know, kind of changing the compression of the golf ball, all sorts of things. Like people forget there was already a rollback back in the, 60s with the the world like the world outside of the u.s played a different golf Correct. ball it was smaller and went a lot farther and was listen to trevino you know, talk like, about it on our pod this past week yeah. like you the but he's like i i could drive it past those bunkers because we have this small ball and it's like imagine the technology isn't playing a role in uh it's in a lot of the gains that we've seen in all this but so i think having you know but like be you know having artistry i totally agree with you like the game's out of proportion right the the it's too heavily weighted it's like basically making it so that baseballs don't spin anymore. It's just power pitchers and there's no more Greg Maddox's and there's no, you know, no more crafty dudes. They can make, they can work the ball. Whereas also I feel like some of the people that are missing the point so much too, are like, like, it's not like this is happening in a vacuum, right? This is happening. Like, it's not like you're just going to go play the same course from 7,500 yards and they're going to beat this shit out of you. Like, stuff you know comes back up in spots or like if it if it is that drastic of a difference which based on what they've said it's it's not but we'll see again the devil's in the details but like you know if everybody's hitting it 10 15 yards shorter i would think that they would set the golf courses up accordingly correct as well right or like people like aren't going to get move up or move up know. a set of tees yeah. if you're not hitting it far yeah. enough like it, you're we're just changing one input of of how the game yeah. is played and um, I, I will, I'll, last thing I'll say on this is, is I don't think a lot of people have done this, but I would say if you are looking to learn more about this, even if you disagree, if you agree or disagree with us, I, the homework I would just put in is like, I would like for people to go read the USGA distance insight reports. Like at least like, yes. let's all work from the same like baseline here. And within that, like some key findings that came out in the 2020, like just bulleted findings in there. It says the inherent strategic challenge presented by many golf courses can be compromised, especially when those courses have not or cannot become long enough to keep up with increases in the hitting distances of the golfers who play from their longest tees. This can lead to a risk of many courses becoming less challenging or obsolete. Number two, increased hitting distance can begin to undermine the core principle that the challenge of golf is about needing to demonstrate a broad range of skills to be successful. Number three, if courses continue to lengthen, it is at odds with growing societal concerns about the use of water, chemicals, and other resources. And number four, longer distances and courses, longer tees, and longer times to play are taking golf in the wrong direction and are not necessary for a challenging, enjoyable, and sustainable game. Uh, Slumbers also has a quote of saying the impact of long-term hitting distance increases on some of golf's essential elements are now clear, including changing the strategic challenge of the sport altering the balance of skills needed to be successful and risking courses being less challenging or obsolete. It's it's, it can be tiresome reading. It can be cumbersome, but it is, uh, I, it's not a simple problem. It's, it's not, not a simple solution. It's not yeah. a simple. Uh, I'm also, it, it always makes me 
like intimidated knowing it's going to be 2028 when there will be a bifurcated solution for two years and then 2030 like that's a long way away in my I'm like, god that's like six years. some guy was in my replies today like what am i going to do with all these golf balls like it's i'm like, going to have plenty of time balls. to figure that out brother you'll probably Are you stockpiling golf balls for, for the apocalypse years. <laughs> yeah <laughs> last note i would say like I'd say how, what percent of AMs do you think like could do something to help them gain 5% more distance by either being fit into a proper golf ball, fit into a proper driver, like would 90% of AMs could probably find 5% of distance through like a proper fitting process. And yeah, what was the, or, or get in the bunker. What was the KJ Choi thing? The uh, hammer drill, hammer drill, you know, get some hammer drill going, <laughs> just, you know, kind of get, uh, you know, get in shape basically. Uh, yeah, I don't I know if the hammer drill gets you in shape. I don't know if that's the point of it, but I just love that that <laughs> it sounds like it should. It, what, <laughs> called it monstrous, which I looked this up today. TC, you know what the definition of monstrous is? <laughs> Inhuman, inhumanly or outrageously evil or wrong. It's depraved. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other good quotes that were uh, that were flying around here are good questions. Car for the course. How will a rolled back ball impact dist the distance per shot metric used in the SI golf rankings? Uh, I haven't heard much about that. They, I don't know if they continued that ranking past day one. I haven't heard about it since then. I got it. I feel like SI has just been taking taking L since they came out with that ranking. Uh, Mikey, five bucks. Do you think the ball frogs locker room is going to be okay after the big Rory Keegan disagreement? Um, I think their locker room got got obliterated got completely obliterated anyway right um at daddy roach when have you ever in your life heard a golfer say man i wish i couldn't hit it that far i think that's one of the most like disingenuous arguments that i've read uh on the internet uh coming coming from influential media people as well that's like the most frustrating thing we'll get into all that stuff on wednesday how about let that be a little tease for that so uh anything else before we yeah. get into allegedly the golf that happened this past week can we do some live stuff real quick? Or you want to do that after? What do you want to do for live live stuff? Well, you know, we had Smash Brought and G Mac. Wolf's still on the roster. Uh, you know, we're thinking there's gonna be a blockbuster coming up. Moronk's been poking around. Dean Burmister's been cleaning up down in South Africa. Yeah, open uh, South African open champ. Yeah. Uh the live schedule for 2024 came out. They're going to Houston in June. Which, you know, can you imagine how sweaty Rom would be in Houston mm. in June? Mm. Uh, they're going to Las Vegas Country Club. They're going to the Grove in Nashville where they have a Corn Ferry Tour event. They're going to JCB, that like crazy exclusive course in England. Uh, there's no Trump stuff on the schedule for now. They've got kind of an open date there in Florida prior to the Masters. And then, yeah, I just had like Phil. Phil continues to go after Jay. Uh, propping up his guy, big big shot Bob Ball, <laughs> uh, out in Portland. The, the uh, tycoon. yeah, the uh, I think real estate agent or developer of some sort out there. Uh, Jay is meeting with Yasser this week, um, which is again back to the ROM thing. I'm like, all right, does Jay not pick up the phone to Yasser and be like, yo, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, are we meeting to negotiate like next week, or are you seriously like poaching ROM right now? Or kind of thought we had a semi off the record agreement here not to like go after players so we get this deal done like i this is the part where i, I just it's weirdly not adding up to me I, I if you ask me i think rom's going based on all the evidence we've heard but something still stinks here and i can't figure it out yeah well you know i, I guess liv's been calling that project x 
amongst their people. Uh, they've got their promotion series. Sally, I want to apologize to you. Condolences. Your guy Kyle Stanley signed up for it. So might, uh, might be out of career options at this point. I'm going to. Duffner. There's some blasts from the past in there, which honestly, some of those guys, I'm like, they're better than some of the guys in live right now. Like the Siwon Kims and the, you know, some of the other guys. Uh, there's still seven or eight spots left. You know, Moronk's been, been uh, rumored. Uh, what else? And then just live adjacent too. I did see that the tennis grand slams are plotting their own world tour to kind of cut the ATP out. Like the top players and the grand slams just getting together and basically being like, you know, Hey, there's, there's too many players. There's too many events. Like let's slim this thing down a little bit. And then the Asian champions league, I think in soccer, big news there, they're no longer staging their, their events their quarterfinals, semifinals, and final events in Asia. They're going to Saudi Arabia for those, which like, that's just, you know, Hey guys, like maybe that's how things are going to work. It's like, they'll say certain things. And then three, four, five years down the line, we're having the fucking tour championship at King Abdullah economic city. Thank you for you, know? you for not calling it Jeddah, right? The King Abdullah yeah. economic city always gets short. But I just think there's something to be said for like, it doesn't matter if it's the Saudis or whomever, like, it's the same thing if like the Canadians were saying, Hey, we're going to have a bunch of tournaments in Ontario. No, we're not like, we're not doing that guys. You know, any, I just had to get all that out of my, TC's an anti-globalist. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to get all that out of my system. I got so fired up this week that Jay was doing the deal book summit. Like does Jay not have enough going on right now that he needs to go do some fucking PR stunt up in New York and speak half an hour before Elon Musk. It was on, and, and it was a terrible performance. Yeah, I watched that, TC. I, I looked it into going. It was a little too uh, rich for my blood to get in, get in that room with the with the heavy hitters. But uh, it just, like, from – it was about 30 minutes long, and every question, like, as a, as a viewer, I just got more and more uncomfortable with, like, his – he just seemed to be surprised by being asked, like, some pretty, I mean, obvious questions. And, like, it's like, man, you're just not – you're not projecting a ton of uh, confidence. Yeah. Of know-how, confidence. And by all accounts, he's been bouncing around the global home, but in a great, great mood, just chatting everybody up, projecting confidence there. And it's like, dude, like, it, like if you're not going to nail this appearance, then don't sign up for it, right? Like, you signed up for this. You'd be, you know, it was ostensibly about mental health. But there it was, that was maybe seven or eight minutes of it. And it's like, hey, you know what? Like, I was... I was totally trapped and I told my wife I needed help. Like I, you know, and like, I think we've been on this podcast. We've been fair to Jay on that front of like, Hey, like we, you know, we hope you're healthy. We hope everything's good on that front. But like, this is kind of a prison of your own doing because of your, your lack of action on certain things and your terrible decisions on other fronts. Yeah. A couple of things, other things jumped out. One, I mean, Sorkin's a pro. I thought he, he asked him, Jonathan, like he, he, he's very good at respectful detonations. And and following up when Jay had a few bad answers, like he asked him, "Did you feel like you were in a box, like with this decision making?" And and Jay's like, "No, of course not." And then proceeds to answer the question of like, "Yeah, you were definitely in a box." And then <laughs> asked him basically again, like, "So how does that? So how is that not being in a box?" It's like, "Well, you know, I don't know." And it's just that's where it's like, "Oh my god, man, you're getting kind of like lapped here in, in this interview." And then um, a few other things. One, the you know, he started kind of hitting his talking points: the strength of the business. So five billion in media rights revenue contracted through 2030, five billion in contracted sponsorships. 
one thing that stuck out to me called out the number one sport streaming on ESPN plus. I, I, I was kind of thought, thinking about that. I was like, huh, that is that, did that, would that surprise you guys? That surprised me that golf would be the number one sport on ESPN plus. You could probably pick a metric to, to yeah. call it that sure. like most minutes streamed or, uh, you know, most just because there's such so, the volume. I would guess is so high. That's, that would be my guess. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they, I could see that though. I mean, it, it, there's no other option to watch the, the, like the early round PGA tour coverage other than right there. Right. So like for co- a lot of college football games, they they're on ESPN plus, but like almost all of them are on TV in some way. I don't know. I could, I could see that. I could, I could see that in the, in the PGA tour. I still don't know if it's that many people, but <laughs> you know, he, he, he then proceeded to say the rollout was a failure on my part of the, you know, the June 6th stuff. I'll, I own that. I continue to own that. And like, then said, like right I think that's, that, that's, that's the first time I've ever, I know that's kind of what I said. I was like, I don't think you've really said that in the past, but okay. And then he said, I believe I am the best leader for the PGA tour. Eh, okay. I mean, I kind of felt a little half-hearted for me and then the players will get equity. So I bring this quote up because I'm like, you got all these mules rising up. Why, why aren't we messaging that behind the scenes? Like if they're going to get equity, cause they're not, you know, cause they're not, the mules okay, are not. So that's well, he, he the, the way that he kind of phrased that quote in this interview made it sound like all the players past, present, and we're going to build in, we're going to keep hold on to equity and give it to future players. And he made it sound like, you know, uh, like an Oprah Christmas giveaway, like you get equity, you yeah. get equity. So it, it, there's, a few tiers of equity in the in the plan that as of a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if it's still the same plan, right? I mean, it's none of this is finalized yet, but it's you know the top guns are going to get it. Um, you know, there's a next tier of guys that are going to get a certain amount, and then like past players that would get a certain amount, but like, and then you can earn equity grants through solid play, like into the future, right? It's not a closed system like that. But I don't think I'm sorry, I don't think Chris Stroud is getting in, in this first round of equity. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that level of players getting any equity. Well, and that's kind of was my reaction to it, but it, that kind of just goes back to like he, he's almost saying these things, just like kind of firing from the hip in an interview like this. It's like, God, how are you not more buttoned up on on describing yet? Like, like the terms might change plan. if you lose Rom, right? I, mean, I know, and, and he just feels unprepared in these sit down interviews. Like, and I, I don't, I would not be doing anything publicly right now. I, I like, you are like another insane. another swing and a miss for me. Crosshairs, like, dude, you're just yeah. not, you're not doing it. You're not it's, doing it's, it right. It's just so poor. The entire strategy from a communication standpoint for the tour over the last two, three years. Not to mention just the X's and O's and the actual leadership that's non-existent. And he's. He, like he's up there a day after or or the same day that Tiger is publicly shitting on him in his in his presser. Like Tiger's like, yeah, like, you know, basically repudiated Jay's actions on on June 6th and everything that led up to it and said, "Hey, that that can't happen again." and and didn't exactly give him a a, you know, vote of confidence. And then Tiger and those guys send out the letter uh which I thought it was a definite tone shift this week too of you know talking about hey that like the the groups that we've met it's a longer timeline that they're on like they they want to see this thing out for decades not years um and then saying too that they're going to vote with one one voice like hey we're not voting you know four two on a player basis we're voting you know all six of us will will be unified going into a vote or 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 a vote's not going to happen, um, which I think to be fair too, like I've been extremely critical of him, but like based upon every everybody I've talked to who's been involved in this, Patrick Cantlay has been like one of the few 
directors who's like got his shit together, asks probing questions, is curious, like kind of has his shit together and knows like he's doing good things for the tour at large, even the mules. So I don't know. I, I respect That's that. Big I think, you know, especially huge. on the, especially on the, on the back end of him getting dumped by Goldman Sachs. It's tough. It was just tough. Yeah. It's unlucky. You would think his hat deal um, would be worth a lot more these days, but I, so dude, I, I thought that the uh, the uh, hat deal I thought like that was going to be a much bigger deal, like the whole because it was what like a couple million bucks a year or a million dollars a year, one like or three years, like like yeah. yeah, you know. So you're welcome. Like I, I gave you guys more more melt water, <laughs> and you know what to do with on the hat. So. so take us to the Bahamas. Okay, enough with the depressing stuff. Let's get to the real, very real golf events of uh, this past week. Scotty Scheffler uh, gets off the schneid, wins a big, uh, gets a big W to close out the year over an elite and deep field down there in the Bahamas in a total grind fest. Everyone grinding their faces off. Uh, shoots 20 under par to win by three over Sepp Straka. JT finishes third. Big Tone and Matt Fitzpatrick uh, finish in a tie for fourth. Um, not a lot to go to other than to say, uh, Scotty had a new putter in play, an Olsen brand putter this past week. And a lot of, you know, talked about a lot of stuff with Phil Kenyon. He did finish dead last in round four in putting, uh, but he did. Finish yeah, it didn't look great coming down the stretch, but. So it was like the Lucas Glover guys, hand up. I hate this tournament more than any other tournament, like worldwide. What? I thought you loved this like, one. It's, it's, and I think it's a disgrace that it gets world ranking points. Last place guy gets over 100K. Like, I was going to say that too, TC. I got the a whole thing so antithetical that. to like everything that they're trying to be about. Or it's the wake up. It's a black eye on like, like the last, I thought it they had this fixed. The last guy sh- like should not get world ranking points. You beat no players. We've talked about this for the last yeah. three or four years on this podcast, whenever this comes up. And it's like that, like that is so. You know, even if the last place guy doesn't get him, like, like you're, you know, and I know it's the top players in the world, but you also have guys getting sponsor exemptions into this, like Tiger and all that. And it's like, hey, at some point, like, if you don't beat anybody, you shouldn't get fucking world ranking points. It is very hypocritical absurd. with with all that's gone on with the live OWGR stuff. I think it's just, it should have been fixed. It, it's unnecessary. The other thing that bothers me, just more generally, is it's like this is Tiger's event, Genesis is Tiger's event. Same thing with Jack Memorial and Honda. It's like, I kind of want the top dudes to have like, if you have two events that are yours, do you really have any? You have one. Yeah. yeah like what, question, why, yeah. why can we, you know, I get a little tired of like, no, this is Tiger's event. And then like in three months, we're going to have another, like, no, this is Tiger's invitational. So well, this is like, it, it was Tiger's like kind of hit and giggle and cash grab. And I think it's totally fine as that. I think it's totally fine for those dudes to go down there and play some December golf. I kind of always enjoy flipping this one on. Like I don't actually care about the results. It doesn't stand for much. It's not like I, if big tone would win, I wouldn't be touting it as a big win uh, for my guy. It's just like, whatever, like it's the Bahamas. It, you know, if you don't, unless you live in a warm weather state or city, like you're getting probably in shitty weather and you're watching golf in a tropical Island, like it's totally harmless, but uh, it is, does not need to have world ranking points. And the 20th guy, it, it's a, such a minuscule amount of points. Like it doesn't really actually matter, but like for as much scrutiny as the OWGR is getting, this is an easy one to be like, all right, this event does not need these points. And it's just, it, it's kind of a disingenuous argument against it. Like, Oh, it's totally irrelevant now because the hero gets points. It's like, it is so minuscule the amount, but it just doesn't need to exist in that fashion. Or like, why do they need to do a four round stroke play tournament for this? Like do something fun. Like I just, I don't find the course interesting. No offense to Dr. Moonjal. 
Like he's he's the one reason you would tune in. <laughs> Aspirational <laughs> cat. He is the needle. Uh but yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, like and a great trophy. <laughs> the, the 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 cat with the world with the yeah the world is That's a pretty just, sweet and rig. it's sad. Like you're seeing, you know, like Zalatoris. I know he's knocking off rust, but like I don't need to see him shoot 81, 68, 79, 71. Like it doesn't need like it's just the same thing with like some of the WGCs in the past. Like I don't need to see a four round no cut event, especially in the off season when some guys are coming in rusty. Like it, it just doesn't it doesn't do anything. Who's this for? A couple things jumped out to me, Sally. I watched the full final round, and it is very it's a pretty boring course on TV. I feel like I feel like a lot of the holes run together for me. Um, but it looks like a fantastic event to go to. Not a lot of people there get up and close and personal with top players in the world. So one of those like, hey, on site, this looks like it's probably a blast and probably a nice vacation for the uh, for the players. Like you said, a hit and giggle. I think um, TC just doesn't like it because it's all grainy Bermuda around the greens and you would not be able to get you would not be able to chip one onto the green from any any greenside uh, spot below those greens. I don't think you could do it. it lo- it's looking extra grainy too. Yes, it was. And and like some pop on the uh, approach shots on the green. A lot, a lot of balls rolling out. Um, yeah. And then two, I mean, God, Scotty is a machine. Just like unbelievable picking up right where he left off on the ball striking. And the putter looked pretty good until, you know, until the final round. But it's just, it, it, it he doesn't even need to putt good. It's just crazy how, how he was it, rock yeah. solid he is. You hear, you know, Ted Scott on the hot mic. What a shot pro. He's calling his guy pro. It's like that. What what a, what a golf shot right there, pro. It's true. The guy's just a true pro, unbelievable ball striker. So it's I I know TC. I know you are are not a mass fan. I really do enjoy watching him lash the golf ball. Um, it's it's a it's never had an issue with his game. I I mean he's like the preeminent ball striker in the world right now. You know. Him well, I know, but you don't. Probably. You know, you've you've been. Kind of critical of him winning is bad for the game, I believe, is a quote. I think him winning the Masters is bad for the game. Just uh, if we could revisit the quote, it's <laughs> the worst thing that could happen to the game of golf. Thank Scotty, you, Solly. I, I knew it was something Scotty something along Masters. those lines. I just want to I want to go on the record as saying I think Cam Young's going to have a big year, and I'm really really rooting for for Will Zalatoris. I missed him being involved in things. I really really like him. I think he's he seems like a genuinely good dude. Um, you know that surgery he had was that's a pretty serious surgery so rooting for him to show some signs of life and 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 you know get the putter right like the lucas glover kind of putting style like he still kind of had that weird yeah it didn't look great. in that it was bizarre so i'm willing to i i'm uh, willing to give him you know some one some runway on the injury return. I mean, shoot yeah, eleven over, totally. and I think also with like figuring out how to compete with a long putter. It's one thing to practice with one at home, and it's one thing to put totally. it in play in competition. He was dead last in putting this week. A lot of that attributed to that first round. I mean, he lost almost six shots on the green in that very first round. He was third, twelfth, and fourteenth uh, in the final. Again, only twenty guys, but uh, in the final um, three rounds with that. So it wasn't like dead last. This is the worst thing in the world after that. But love love seeing my guy Sep. Struck a flock of flame, making you sweat a little bit, Solly. Big time. Uh, you know, just a nice second place there <laughs> at a 64 on, on Speaking Sunday. of Sep, we haven't even congratulated my guy LD for getting the, the captaincy. Luke Donald. Running it back. He's running it back as the Ryder Cup captain. I think we running saw that it back. Coming. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, you know, ZJ is basically 
doubling down on saying, you know, like, I feel like we did all the right stuff. We just got beat. Just, they just chipped in and made more putts. That's totally just what happened. So I said, Eldeef losing his, was, uh, one of his best players. Was floating. Broadcast is floating at the cat. Is he is he in line to be captain for Beth Page? I think the guys were saying, like Spieth was saying, he was kind of pouring cold water on it in his presser this week of like, the cat's got a lot on his plate right now, basically running True. the PGA Tour and, you know, like doing Jay's job for him. I have a feeling they're going to do like Stuart Sink or something like that. And uh, I don't know. Hunt, <laughs> God, that'd be sick. Hunter Mayhan, man, I hope people listen to that interview from last week because uh, I, I think they need someone younger like him to to fire up the team. But They should bring Zinger back. <laughs> that would be kind of sweet. He's got the free time now. How do we feel about Tiger? I feel good. I feel good. Like, what, like, like what are we looking for at this point? Like just him getting around on two legs, not being sore as shit. Like that was that's encouraging, right? It seems like he's he's saying it's not you know no longer bone on bone as much. Like all the friction's yeah. gone. Swing looked pretty good. I mean, you know, sweating like crazy out there. I think we're looking for like a just one like quote could it happen run right i don't even like think we can realistically hope that it could happen but like one little like shit tigers like t5 going into the weekend of the genesis is like kind of best case scenario that we would hope for right i mean just one little like glimmer of a hot yeah. tiger run just to it's kind of ceremonious at this point and i'm okay with that um i, I i'm not going to trick myself into thinking that it's going to be more than that he just it's a he's going to be forever caught in a vicious cycle of like rusty yeah, if you play too much, your body's not going to recover in time. If you're in as much pain as you still say you are, uh, everything else still hurts. He's saying his back hurts and everything, his knee hurts, everything except for the ankle hurts. Like you're just not going to be able to play enough to get enough reps to not feel rusty. So we're just going to see a lot of performances that look like this, I think. I've been yes. hearing some stuff that he's no longer, that this is his, the PNC, allegedly his last tournament with Nike. Allegedly. I've, I've wow. Heard yeah. Similar. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there for similar things of some other Nike athletes as well. Um, potential, you know, apparel brand being started by one of the OEMs. But like Tiger did say, he's like, I'm going to try to play one tournament a month. Right. So, which I was trying to, what does that look like? I was like, trying to map right? that out. Right. I think it is, I think it stops after July. It, like trying to map that out. Right. It would be farmers in January. It'd be Genesis in February. Which, would he play farmers? Like that's such a big, I mean, he loves Tory. I know, but it's such a big brawny walk. What else is he gonna play in January? I think he should go see. I'm going back to like I think he should go play Sony. He should play YLI. Uh February, he's gonna play Riv. Yeah. Um, which I think, or what if he played Pebble, took the next week off and then played Genesis? Could see. I mean, Pebble, that's not an easy walk. That's an walk. easy walk, right? Not really. I wouldn't say. I mean, up the hill on six and like yeah, that weather. Walk, yeah. Right? I would say the, the easiest walk in the West Coast swing is probably, uh, I mean, waste management. No, I'd say Riv, right? Well, yeah. I, other than Riv, I'm just thinking of because yeah. we know he's, he's playing there, but I think, you know. Yeah, yeah. that'd be sick. Scottsdale feels pretty flat. Yeah, the players in March, and then it's the majors after that. I don't think he play. I mean, Masters obviously April, PGA in May, U.S. Open in June, British in July. I don't think he's playing like the 3M or whatever that is in August, and then the playoffs start. He's not going to be in the playoffs, I don't think. 
Um, you think he would choose players over Arnold Palmer? Just thinking, just thinking out loud. I would think because of the rough. Yeah. Like the rough, yeah. I don't know. Play it. And then, all right, then Masters. And then, I mean, you know, I guess PGA at Valhalla. Yeah, I mean, and kind then of win years there. where the PGA is kind of a crazy, you know, like a like a cold weather, not a great walk. I guess he could play Colonial, and then you play. He definitely plays Pinehurst this year. Yep. And then yeah, and then they open, hmm. and then he's done. Right. I think so. Um, Morikawa, Colin Morikawa got penalized for uh, using a greens. Read, uh, not using a greens reading book for his caddy used a level um, during a practice round and wrote information from that level down into the book, which is illegal. He was uh, tattled on by Matt Fitzpatrick as a, uh, I believe. No, not tattled, protecting the field. I agree. I, I'm on, I'm team Fitz on this hundred uh, percent. A lot of people were, were shredding Fitz uh, on, on social media is like, no, dude, like the, the, the onus on here is a hundred percent on Colin and JJ. If you've broken a rule, then like you, you are responsible for that. Colin was on uh television being interviewed about that and gave some pretty bar, pretty bizarre answers to that. It was very much the, uh, I mean, it's a hundred percent on us. It's, it's, it's our fault. And then just proceeded to blame like eight other things of bad communication on the rule and not understanding the rules. And nobody, nobody knows what the rules are and all this. And, uh, this was very clearly communicated to them when this new rule came out. And then goes in on Stephen Cox, the rules official, for for not for being five minutes late to, to meeting with him. Yeah. Right, you know, right away. Maybe he was doing another rule, and maybe he was doing something else. But like, hey man, like like that was chicken shit. I thought, and I'm not gonna let him talk to, you know, a fellow rules official. Like Hitter Blanco is not gonna let that uh, slide with a colleague. Oxy's a pro, and and I don't know. I just I thought. There's some transgressions stacking up for Colin, I think, at this point, between the the full swing appearance, <laughs> just some of the I don't know, man. I'm just like I, I think I'm good on Colin. Like, you were voting you were away, you man. were team olive pants, TC. It's just the whole the whole thing. He just I don't know. And like just talking to people, it just sounds like he's just a fucking diva. So well, I'm curious just the uh nuts and bolts of like fits calling this. So it's like he only did it on the fourth hole. So did he see him look at the handwritten note that was written down? Like, I don't even understand like the, uh, how that, how that happens. How did it only happen on the fourth hole? Does, does that make sense? Like, how do you like, Oh, well, I saw him look at the handwritten note and then look at the greens book, but he didn't do it on any other hole. That, that was a little confusing for me. Yeah. Apparently he had more quotes about like, this is a gray area and, and all kinds of stuff in the rules. Um, but they told other guys they could do it. And then I got popped for it. Just, just take it, you know, standing up and say, Hey, I messed up. We're on to the next one. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I heard a lot of things. Like he's, it sounds like he's, he's his ego and his, the way he goes about things has changed a lot since he was a Cal till now. Mm. Last thing I have, Phil was liking uh, LiveBot tweets accusing Tiger of taking steroids, and then I think he unliked it. I believe I checked. Um, so <laughs> didn't, didn't know which account he was logged into. <laughs> which, a PGA Tour communications official had a similar thing this past week, right? It's unlucky. It's unlucky. Yeah, it's tough. 
Okay, keep the burner straight. <laughs> um, at the Australian Open, Joaquin Neiman, a name we have not mentioned very often uh, in this year, if at all, wins the Australian Open over Rikuyu uh, Hoshina in a playoff. Um, your, your reaction, TC, your guy, your guy, Waco. My, my so, guy, that's, It's Joaquin Neiman. That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry, Neil. I, I mispronounced yeah. that. Which, so first of all, going back to the hero, I think part of the reason I dislike the hero so much too is because it's always scheduled against the Australian Open, which I think is dog shit. That's bad for the game globally. Like, you know, all these guys are big grow the game guys now. Well, you know what a great example or great way to grow the game would be to go play in the Australian Open or, or the Australian PGA every few years. Um, yeah, Minwoo Lee looked great. Uh, he continues to cook one last week and going for the Australian double there. Uh, I don't know. I still... You know, it was up in Sydney. It was at the lakes in the Australian, which uh, I talked to a bunch of Australians. They said that the Australian should actually be called the American because <laughs> it's just bad American <laughs> style golf. I think it's time to pull the plug on the co-ed for this, like co-hosting the the National Open. I think the setups are so like need to be so radically different that it kind of dumbs down the men's setup. That's not saying that like it's just two different games, right? And it's probably a little less pronounced this year than it was last year when it was at Victoria and Kingston Heath. But like talking to players that, that played in it last year, they're like, yeah, man, like it was, that was not the same Kingston Heath or Victoria that we, that we would play if this was just a men's event. Um, you know, with, you know, like, because there's a bunch of bunkers that they have to cover that, you know, Australian golf is very like, Hey, it's, it's about the firmness of the greens and, and the quickness of the greens and all that. And, they softened the greens and they had to put the pins in spots that are accessible because the ladies are, you know, landing in a lot shorter and, you know, coming in at a different trajectory, which yep. it's just a different game. Yep. Right. And, and so I think, I don't know, I, I wish, and then, you know, it's a national open, like they got to shrink the field for this too. It's just like, go back to doing, and it, and it, and it comes back to golf Australia, basically, you know, they, I think the, the, the uh, women's Australian open when they added Royal Adelaide was brilliant. And but they lost six to eight hundred thousand dollars on it, and so this is a way for them to not lose as much money or to make a little bit of money. And then, you know, speaking out of the other side of their mouth, they're they're giving Blocky an appearance fee and paying a bunch of money for him to come down. And Will you apologize. Listen, I know he made the cut and finished top thirty. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. It's it's like it's fucking embarrassing. T twenty seven finished tied leash and your boy Blandy. I mean. Come on, TC. Uh, again, that's fine. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. I just, like, Blocky, go teach some lessons, dog. I think I asked about Neiman, but okay, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. I'm TC. good on Block. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, you know, good to see Waco playing well. I like Waco. Yeah, really, really kind of, uh, I, I did not expect Waco to fall off in the way that he has. I mean, there was a, a it was a, a bright star. They had a really, two really good back-to-back -back years on the PGA tour and left for live. And as far as I can tell, did not even have a top five on live this year, um, which is pretty tough to do in a 48 man field. No top 10% finishes for a guy that you, you know, is in the top 10% of elite professional golfers in the world, at least when he left for live. And he's been like the case of like, dude, what a bummer career wise of somebody you know that was uh you know 
playing a lot less golf and not really doing much of any consequence. Missed the cut at the PGA last year. Missed the cut at the Open Championship. He did finish T16 uh, at the Masters, but um, missed the cut. They play the U.S. Open. Yeah. That's a limited field. T32, event, yeah. Masters is T32 at the Master at the U.S. Open. But I hope this means something for it. I mean. Candidly speaking, I think there was ten top one hundred players in the field at the Australian Open. It's not, uh, it's not a premier premier win based on the field. I mean, winning a national open is nothing to sneeze at. But I hope this means the return of some good golf for for Joaquin Neiman because that's just another live casualty that. Uh, and I don't, I I hadn't noticed until I dove into that this week of all of all golfers on the planet over the past twelve months. Strokes gained. Live had zero guys in the top thirty. Like. They have, I would have thought they have some one of the top thirty players in the world, and they like based on all metrics of all golf included all over the world via data golf, include counting all your live golf, counting all the Saudi Asian tour events, counting everything. Of course, they had no guys in the top thirty, and that was like a bummer. Uh, I feel so they're they're getting strokes gained out on live. Is so it's not by category, but your strokes gained can still be calculated based on your total score. Strokes gained is okay. your scores. The data, the data board. Yeah. Are bestowing strokes gained. It is just, yeah, it's it's not votes, right? It is just your golf scores. I don't know why I get so much flack for always counting strokes gained. It's like that's literally the the metric by which golf is judged on. But Yako's still only twenty five years old. I I think there's still plenty of chance for him to to make an impact on the golf world. But um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it would have been cool if Minji and Minwoo both won. Their national open that would have been awesome both finished a little bit outside of the of the money but good win for ashley buhai too i think she's you know she's had a great couple of years i think her husband's australian too i believe or is, or is he south african as well i do not know the answer to that tc but she's 30 you see that's a great question 34 years old she won the aig women's open last year she won the shop right this year uh and wins of course the uh the australian open this week she's had a you don't see a lot of career renaissances on the women's tour uh, at, in the, in the mid thirties. So incredible, incredible run for her. At Pop and Fresh asks, "How exhausting is all this?" Uh, <laughs> ah, it's not that bad, Mister Poppin, Mister Fresh. It, I think it's extra exhausting when you got to worry about you know who's going to fill those two spots with the cliques. I know, right? But it's got to be wrong, Landy right? Timer. I would think. I think they're going to try to. Well, you know, and then it got me thinking about about my niblicks. Back in the day, the Niblicks became Ripper after Yasser moved the team. It was like the Sonics moving to Oklahoma Wait, City. The Niblicks or... don't exist anymore. No, the Niblicks don't exist. I did anymore. not know that. That is first the, I'm hearing the, this. And Punch GC no longer exists either. Did, Punch wait, GC they, became that's the range, range goats. goats. I knew that. Oh, okay. And then the Niblicks became Ripper. Got it. And, oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think so? Is there room for another team, Los Butchers? Well, I know. I, well, I think the cliques would probably become. There's two teams that don't have owners. Uh, the high fly, or sorry, the um, the Ironheads do not have an owner. Like Kevin Na is not an owner. He has no equity. Okay. Um, and then the cliques do not have an owner either. Um, with you know, Keimer's not an owner. So I think they've reserved those two for just kind of you know guys that that come. So. You know, high flyers have have a spot open right now. You can see, I can see Keegan going there. Uh, the Ironheads have a spot open right now, and then yeah, we've got this smash. You know, we'll see what happens with Smash. You know, if they if they kind of 
deal wolf and try to get some cash considerations or future draft pick or something like that. And then Torque. I can't tell if TC this is a serious if if he's serious or not. Like on all these team movements, I cannot. It's it's uh, the fact that they haven't leaned into this it's part. The of only it thing that could drives me nuts. Possibly so. differentiate so, themselves. It could be so funny and dumb and like lighthearted and just just lean into it. And they're doing nothing with it. Drives me nuts. It's almost like the so. whole thing is a prop up and uh and not <laughs> what's behind it is not actually real. It's almost like that. Thankfully it's not. Didn't the Aces sign somebody this week though? Uh, oh no, the Aces brought back Pat Perez. That was a while ago, right? He signed him. I think that was a couple weeks was ago. It? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was yeah. after the winter that was after the winter meetings, I think. Uh <laughs> yeah, which you know, G Mac going to Smash is like I know he's buddies, you know, I know he's buddies with Ricky Brooks's caddy. And all that, but yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens with Wolf. Allegedly, yeah, I don't, I don't, know, I don't <laughs> know how many people are gonna agree with that one. I and I like listen, the Majestics, like get your fucking house in order. Well, like, said, this whole TC. three captains thing is outrageous. <laughs> we can't have that. Same thing you said earlier. You know, like if you have three captains, you have you don't one, have any. Like yeah. who's accountable? One chief, right? guys. One chief. Yeah, I think Stenson needs to take control there. Wrapping up here, uh, I would encourage people, if you have not yet, please check out the Lee Trevino episode that we recorded on Wednesday. That was uh, a personal a personal career highlight for your boy. That was one that chased pretty hard for several years. Of uh, Probably it was number one on the list to just get that guy to sit, a, sit at a table and tell golf stories. Uh, we had him for two hours uninterrupted, and I could have done another eight probably, uh, and got a lot of requests for a part two. I'm hoping the, they'd be up for it at some point. But uh, what a legend, man. What a, uh, what a perfect perfect antidote to everything else going on in golf of just like having somebody tell stories from when, you know, being a professional golfer was, a uh, was a lot more fun a lot more of a hoot. Uh, and the tequila story just absolutely slayed me, uh, so much. So please check that out if you haven't. It's on YouTube and on anywhere you can get your podcasts. So. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, we got some, you know, it, it is merch season. So, uh, we'll have a f- one, maybe one or two more promos going out. So sign up for the newsletter, newsletter.nolayingup.com. If you want to, if you want to find some deals and just want to say thank you truly to everybody, uh, that's purchased merch from us this holiday season. We, uh, we appreciate the support. And I think TC, I think we put some good, pretty good stuff on the shelves. Um, we with did. some, a few more drops come. I think we, we might have a big, uh, arrival of Roback stuff in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for dog that. logo. Yeah. The subtle dog logo might be back in stock, hopefully before the shipping deadlines. So stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah. I would say, I think we've got what, a, a what's in the bag video dropping this week. A uh, super we do. Cut. Yes. What's in the bag. Uh, trap draws going nuts right now. You know, we're deep into football season. Uh, I do have to say, uh, my wife's not happy with me. For bringing up the Christmas light situation, mm. uh, she she hired somebody to put up Christmas I, lights. You know, <laughs> I think you, she she's the one that put your family in that position. I thought it was big of you to uh, to come forward with that information, TC. Now, did you guys have to put her on blast in the Instagram promo? Probably not, but I think <laughs> yeah, it was I had to do with that. She was yeah. that that might have been not, especially not happy about that the issue. But I, I think that you know, at the end of the day, she needs to look in the mirror. That was that's that's. Yeah. You know, the, the blame falls squarely on my sister-in-law. And then, you know, I'd just like to say my guy Kyle got it done tonight. That was a rousing victory. It, that the was, this, for, for those Shanny. that don't know, that's <laughs> the, the 49ers beating the Eagles. Uh, and how about, God, what a what an offensive 
I don't even know what the word is. Sweepstakes. Uh, sweepstakes with the Falcons Jets game. What a what a thrill that was to watch today. God, it's basically like watching Iowa football play. Itself. Awful, <laughs> awful game. Watch the whole game. It stunk. Save some stuff for the trap shop. <laughs> we thank everyone for tuning in. Like I said, we will have uh, a lot more stuff covering the distance stuff uh, later this week as that news comes out. Uh, we look forward to many, many wonderful and agreeing conversations with many people. Uh, over the coming weeks, months, years, decades, centuries uh, as well. So anything else before we depart? You know what? I, I just, uh, our friend Julian Surrey played really well, uh, finished like tied for eighth this nice. week at the Australian Open. I was glad to see that. And uh, Cam Smith, two shots behind him. Cam bouncing back after a, a really, really depressing performance last week at the Australian PGA. So good stuff there. And uh you know, hope, hopefully it, it bodes well for the Rippers heading into 2024. Here, here. Here, here. <laughs> thank you, TC. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will be back here later this week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most.